can't believe this is my last time saying. Welcome back to Jesuit Balcony Conversations. Billy, how many episodes have we done? Wow, Patrick, that is a great question. Let me just count. Uh, one, two, three. Oh, we had a fourth one. Five, Five six, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We don't usually open our episodes with such profane language, but for those who don't know, this is a common chant that we have been yelling on the streets of Detroit when we have marched with Detroit Will Breathe. Shout out to the amazing organizing work that they do, and check out their Instagram and their Facebook page, Detroit Will Breathe. Patrick and myself, we have both been learning a lot throughout this movement about what it could mean to defund the police and to invest in local communities. And being energized at these marches have helped us to be in solidarity with this fight and with the Black Lives Matter movement. As our time with JVC will end at the end of this month, Billy and I will also end this podcast. However, we aren't done working together. 2020 has been a really, really challenging year. We're currently living through the coronavirus pandemic, an economic recession, and one of the largest civil rights movements our country has ever seen. It's hard to believe that this has happened during our year in JVC. Now more than ever, community is what we need. I'm grateful for the support of our Detroit JV community during this time especially. JBC has, in a lot of ways, been an audio diary for Billy and I. I'm grateful for this podcast, for being a source of joy, reflection, and a way for us to unpack experiences, connect with people, our guests, and build community. We are ending this podcast just how we started, with the two of us. Today we're going to reflect on some takeaways we've had from this year, some highlights from the four values of the JVC, and we will each answer that tricky question that we have asked each one of our guests. In the spirit of being in the radical presence and with each other, Patrick, I'm going to ask you to begin as the two of us just share a few of our takeaways from our year with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. It's been tough uh, thinking about takeaways from this year just because my mind and a lot of myself, you know, this year has been the challenge has been being in the radical present and mm-hmm. being intentional in the moment and living out, you know, each day and seeing the goodness of each day. And these past four or I don't know, however many months we've been in shelter in place, it's just, it's felt really difficult to, to be in a place of clear mind. However, just journaling and talking with everybody in our house with North Central JVs. There are times, I think, when God puts us in challenging situations. You know, no one expected COVID, no no one expected police brutality that has occurred and has really hurt the African-American population in our country the way it has during COVID. But the way that JVC North Central has responded, the way that our community has responded really just shown I mean the biggest takeaway is like how grateful I am for the people in my house having really honest conversations about pretty much everything and being comfortable and feeling safe and welcome all of these spaces that we make you know are a better community 
uh, in Southwest, a better community for our house, better people for each other. And so the importance of community and has been a huge takeaway and something that I've really been grateful for, especially during these four months. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Patrick. And I would just echo your gratitude for community and especially in times of COVID and sheltering in place. And I just think of people who live alone and I think of, you know, people our age or like elderly people who their family is struggling deciding whether or not to visit them and people who have community, who have loved ones, but who don't have people that they're living with. And so I've been very grateful for our community that we live with and how we all support each other this year. And when I, you know, when I was reflecting about what are my takeaways from the year, I think my biggest takeaway is just how I've connected more with my faith and with God this year. You know, even just a couple nights ago, we went to St. Anne's Parish and as a whole community, they're doing this novena and each night of the novena, they're celebrating a different culture that's present in the Detroit community. And the night we went, it was African American cultures and African cultures. And they're just celebrating that in a part of the Catholic faith. And it was just a beautiful uh, space to be. The homily was beautiful. It was just really great to see that representation within the church that is often lacking. And so I bring that to mind because I just think this year I've seen so much within the Catholic faith that gives me more hope and more inspiration than I have before. And I think back to one of the first masses that I went on. It was on the first year retreat that I helped with, with Detroit Mercy. And one of the Jesuits, uh, Father Gilbert, he was talking about you know social justice in his homily and he quoted Martin Luther King. And I was thinking to myself, like, wow, these are things I've never had connected. Like, I've loved learning about social justice in college. And, like, you know, my faith was never a part of that. But now, like, right at the beginning at JVC, I was like, wow, okay, those can come together. And so I think this whole year has been kind of learning and unpacking, like, how can we live a faith that does justice? And how can our works be a part of bringing about that beloved community that so many have spoke of? So... As this year is coming to an end, I just reflect on the so, ma- so much of what I'm grateful for this year has been when I've made those connections, and I am very grateful. Listeners, as you know, we have done a segment this year called the four values in four minutes where we have stuck to four minutes and we have four hours the time is a little bit uh here and there but there's no time limit today we're just going to talk about the values that have stuck with us as we've been reflecting upon our year so patrick i'm wondering if you can share a little bit about one of those values one of the values that has been a huge takeaway for me this year is community and I touched on how community has been so important in terms of our, my house community community living in southwest has been as important uh, to this year and to how fruitful this year has been as a white man like I had a lot of anxiety working and living in 
Southwest, a predominantly Latinx community. It has been challenging in a lot of ways, having conversations about my privilege that I've never had before, about my race, about the history of Southwest. Um, it's been difficult to not speak Spanish, to not like connect with residents and people in our area, in our neighborhood. And so all of these things are really tough. However, my coworkers have been incredibly supportive and shown so much empathy and compassion. I think about Raul a lot and I was so excited to bring him on the podcast and he is someone that has really helped open my perspective and open my heart in a lot of ways. Um, I brought a group of students from Xavier University uh, for a service learning program uh, where they got to go to various organizations in Southwest Detroit, uh, like the Detroit Hispanic Development Corporation, Grahe Cultural uh, Organization. Raul was our like last presenter, and we went at the uh, the Alley Project, or also known as TAP. They do a lot of great work with local artists. Uh, Billy and I went to open mic there. They do a lot of great work for creatives in Southwest. But anyway. This is uh, the final day of the program for the Xavier students, and Raul was like, at the end of the day, at the end of this program, it's about reframing your perspective and reframing your heart and your mind to be open and to be okay with a lot of the uncomfortable feelings that you, like people like myself, uh, that have a lot of privilege and have a lot of um, dominant identities either as a white person this or that but to not let that limit you for change and not let that be a barrier for listening and for taking action towards um, a common human goal whether that be racial equity and equality whether that be immigration reform criminal justice reform whether that be um, educational equity so much of just my experience with co-workers like Raul really deepened my appreciation my love and my heart and mind for Southwest and and how I can be better um, in all ways like professionally personally as a citizen of our country so yeah yeah I think of community too as being something that I've learned so much about this year and I like what you said about how Raul said just reframing your state of mind because that allows you to open your heart and open your mind and to really rethink how you live your life and I think that's what we did this year with JVC is just really entering a different way of life living in community with other people living on a budget the way we do just being intentional with how we commit each week to spirituality nights, you know, to community nights. And when you're talking to someone who's not a part of the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, they can understand and they can sort of, uh, you know, they can sort of understand, but they cannot fully realize, you know, how different and how, how different you've lived your life this year. And I think that has helped me so much in how I rethink and reframe how I look at so many things. And for me, when I think of community, I think of, just so much this year I've learned of 
how I'm interconnected with other people. And even in our community, how are we interconnected with larger communities and even just myself? And I just like to think a lot about how in the Bible where it talks about if one suffers, all suffer and how we cannot be a whole human family while people are suffering, while people are crying, while people are hurting. And so I have learned, I've just learned that a lot through how our community has loved and cared for one another and how we have also attempted to care for and support those we work with, those we serve, and those we go out when we leave this house. We have that same mindset, we have that same way of thinking as when we're in community with each other. And so that's, yeah, that's that's what I've learned about community. (laughs) Patrick, are there any other values? Being in Southwest Detroit, feels like the epicenter of radical social justice. What I've learned this year is that Detroit has had to overcome institutional failures across pretty much every sector. However, it's been through my work at UNI that I've seen the power of residents and particularly young people in the city. Whether that be back in lobby day uh, when I was with an organization called 4824 Forward and I lobbying for fair and full funding of Detroit public schools, which have historically been underfunded, under-resourced, and the list goes on and on. Or, more recently, I've been moved by seeing the young people through UNI's programming that have led uh, a Juneteenth bike ride in our neighborhood. The young people came to speak about what Juneteenth means to them and we got so many people out and people honking their horns and just it was a beautiful beautiful space. So also in that vein it's been the young people with Detroit Will Breathe that have led a 55 plus day protest marching through the streets demanding racial justice and police reform. All of these groups and all of these young people, you know, admit amidst so much of the failures of systems and institutions that continue to let Detroiters down, it's been a blessing to be shoulder to shoulder with young Detroiters who are ambitious and willing to change systems for for themselves and take that responsibility and i think a lot about john lewis i think about like what his vision and what his words uh he has recently said and how i have seen that you know during especially this quarantine time of like young people really taking to the streets and and proclaiming justice I just want to echo some of the things you're sharing, Patrick, about how I love what you said about how Southwest Detroit, Detroit, for me this year has also just felt like this epicenter of radical social justice and following the lead of so many people and just feeling so inspired by the power of the movement with, uh, in, with the Black Lives Matter movement here in Detroit with Detroit Will Breathe and just how they're responding And I think about how, you know, the people marching in the streets, to me, these are prophets. They're people who are speaking truth to power. And I, today I listened to 
what Obama said at John Lewis's, uh, he gave the eulogy. And he was saying, one thing that really struck me is, he was saying, John Lewis, you know, we're fighting now for this future beloved community where more people will be welcomed. And John Lewis one day will be the founding, one of the founding fathers of that community. And just pointing back to how we have still failed to live up to this nation's original promise and how we're still fighting for that. And so just been really inspired by those things. And yeah, I just wanted to share briefly in that vein, how spirituality has really been impactful for me in this fight for justice. Getting to the core of what does it mean to be Christian, you know, I look to the Catholic social teachings and I think a lot about how all humans, everyone is made in God's image. Everyone has innate dignity. And if you really truly accept that and start to understand that, then that leads you to look for places in society where people are not treated with dignity and makes you, it leads you to question systemic injustice and how that it's really impossible in our country the way that it is for a lot of humans to flourish. And for us to be fully Christian and bring that to the table, that's not okay. And we need to start questioning those things and really have a conversation. And so that's why for me, I always see my spiritual life tied to the fight for justice. It just always leads me to that. And along that vein, I think many people become discouraged in the church. I myself have when there's not more clear responses, when there's not more statements being made, when there's not more internal work being done within the church. And how do we within the Catholic Church recognize our own sins against you know, within racial justice and how have we been complicit in the Catholic Church. And, you know, in those times, I really put my faith in God and in leaders, which I see speaking out and saying hard, uncomfortable truths to the church. And just like the people who are marching in the streets, I see these people as prophets. And uh, something you shared recently, Patrick, about how you found church a lot outside of the church, the four walls, you know, where do you find that in the world? And I really agree with you there. And where do we find our people? Where do we find God in those ways? If you've been following JBC throughout this year, you know that there is a particular question we ask at the end of each of our interviews which with our distinguished guests. And so we thought it would be unfair for us to round out the year without doing the same for ourselves. So the quote comes from Thomas Merton. If you want to identify me, ask me not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me what I am living for in detail Ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. So, Billy, what are you living for? It's so much easier for us to ask people than it is to answer this question. It really is. It really is. (laughs) It really hits you when someone asks you. And so, you know, I've had time to think and reflect on this hard question. But honestly, what's on my mind today is just thinking so much about what's happening in the streets And we mentioned John Lewis earlier, but thinking about so many of the heroes from 
and icons and mentors and elders from the civil rights movement. And I think about what Dr. Martin Luther King talked about when he talked about creating this beloved community. And that's something that's been so much on my mind and on my heart lately. And for myself, I'm living for trying to find my purpose in life, my vocation. And I know it will always be centered in being with, being there for those who are on the margins of society and somehow working with everyone to create this beloved community for all. You know, that's really been on my heart and that that's something that I think I'm living for. And thinking about some of the things that I was reflecting on leading up to this, I thought about a quote that, you know, I like quotes, a quote that really shifted my worldview in college. And it comes from a book I read called In the Company of the Poor. It was a book together with uh, Dr. Paul Farmer and Gustavo Gutierrez. And this quote says, quote, unless we agree that the world should not be the way that it is, there's no point of contact because the world that is satisfying to us is the same world that is utterly devastating to them. And so I think about how we live in this world where so many people share different, so many people have different realities. Some people live happily. Some people live in distress. How can we come together and when we really see and we really sit with the suffering of others, how can people be moved to want to want to create change in some way? And so I think about how that quote changed my worldview and how I still continue to want to be a part of that. And that's not a clear answer, but that is what I'm living for. Patrick, if I can ask you the question as well. I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd love to put you on the hot seat, put you on the spot here. <laughs> Patrick Boyle, what are you living for? Yeah, I echo you, Billy. Uh, this is really hard. And it's been a couple days for us to reflect on this question. The reality is it takes a lifetime to think mm-hmm. really come to the answer of, like, what are you living for in some ways? There are stages of life and stages of being, I believe, and, like, what I thought of myself when I was eight and the goals I had when I was eight are very, very different than the goals I had much later in life as a 23-year-old. And as I continue to progress in age, and there is no path. There's no, like, answer to, like, what I'm living for exactly. And I think I'm okay with that. Mm. That said something that's just fundamental to myself and how I carry myself is you know my heart listening to my heart and speaking from my heart making sure that that is in a lot of ways leading me I think God has blessed me with blessed me in so many ways but I think the ability to communicate to people from the heart is a beautiful thing and that's something that I have experienced this year it is a real thing you know, being in Southwest Detroit, working in a predominantly Latinx community, people with very different backgrounds than myself. I've just, I've really learned the power of empathy and the power of listening that empowers people to be 
comfortable with themselves, to be empowered as 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 a human and what they want to uh, continue in their lives. So that's you know that's kind of that's been my guiding compass is is my heart and and how God is leading my heart and sometimes I wish there was more clarity particularly in like you know where God is calling me and what agency I have sometimes but I know that it's going to be okay and I know that God and just the love that you know that's in my life and that's in the streets that I've been like you Billy you know just being out in the streets of Detroit protesting and you know it just gives me so much hope and so much you know life all of those things you know it's that's what kind of propels me <laughs> good question and like you said I really appreciate what you said about how it's 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 your life work to find what you live for it's not something you know and yeah it's a hard question just wanted to tell you I was appreciative of your answer <laughs> As we end this episode and this year with Jesuit Balcony Conversations, we just want to take a second and express our gratitude. Express our gratitude for you, the listeners, for journeying with us in these difficult conversations we've had with each other and you listening to us having conversations maybe with others and... uh, We want to share gratitude for each other. Patrick, I know this has been a space for both of us to be able to talk about some key moments that we've had throughout the year and to really share that. And I've been really appreciative for that. And so, yeah, we're just, we're thankful as we're leaving here. Thank you, listeners that have stuck with us from day one. Or, you know, if you just happen to be a new JV and you're just like wanting to know more about what this basement is actually like firsthand. (laughs) Don't Uh, come down here. Don't come down. (laughs) If you're a Detroit Uh, JV, stay out of the basement. (laughs) There's a doll named Clarissa. It's okay. No, it's, uh, you'll be fine. Uh, probably, probably, (laughs) but no, in seriousness, uh, thank you. And this space has, has been really helpful and, fruitful the experiences and the memories and the people we have connected with and mm-hmm. billy and i look forward to doing more of connection and doing more work as we move into this next chapter of our lives mm-hmm. yes yeah, stay tuned listeners in the next few months you might be hearing from us about it won't be JBC, Jesuit Balcony Conversations, because we're going to be FJVs tomorrow morning. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh. We're going to put the press F for FJV. But, yeah, so we, Patrick and I, will be venturing into a new, new adventure together in our podcasting lives. So... You'll hear from that. And I just want to share, as we're leaving JVC, something that really stuck with me from our disorientation is, you know, the year, our JVC year doesn't end tonight. We're not going to wrap it up and put a bow on it, like somebody said. And we're really 
what was really helpful for me was that, you know, you don't have to come to conclusions at the end of it and to really still unpack your experiences as you continue to move forward into your next adventure. And to really, if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be doing those experiences justice from this past year, you know, to really let them live out and live through you. And so, you know, even as we're signing off, even as we're finishing the last episode, still some of the learning that even some of the conversations we've had, those will still continue to unfold within us. For our final closing prayer, we will pray a prayer for times of transition. As Patrick and I and JVs all over the country prepare for this new time in all of our lives, it will be a transition for us. And we know for people who are just embarking on new adventures in their lives, this can be especially meaningful. So we ask you to quiet your mind and your heart. And if you choose to begin with us, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God of love, you are with us in every transition and change. As we enter into this new era with excitement and even some anxiety, you recall your deep compassion, presence, and abounding love. We thank you for the gifts talents, and skills with which you have blessed us. We thank you for the experiences that have brought us to this moment. We thank you for the work of others that gives breadth and depth to our own work. Be with us as we move forward, rejoicing with you and supporting one another. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. For the last time, we want to thank you for listening to Jesuit Balcony Conversations. We want to make it really clear that this episode is not affiliated with the JVC. This is Billy and I talking. Just me and Patrick. Our our own. The views that we stated here belong to us. And if you try to take them... We're going to take you <laughs> to the hotel to room. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> to the old town road is what I meant to say. Little nays. <laughs> Little nays X. And this is just us saying thank you for the year. Bye. Bye. Over the course of the year, there were many things that Patrick and myself recorded that did not make the final cut. Mostly, ums, uh, <clears throat> like other mistakes we made, funny things we said, and just other bloopers. Here are some of those moments. Oh, I say the opening line. Yeah. I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome back to Jesuit Balcony. <laughs> what? We got it. We got it. Good morning, oh. Patrick. Oh, sorry. Good morning. Okay. <clears throat> and welcome. Good morning. Welcome to the Judge of a Balcony Conversations. We're glad you can join us on the balcony. It's a chilly September morning here. <laughs> it, I just keep thinking of that song by Green Day, you know, Wake Me Up When September Ends. <laughs> Summer has gone past. <laughs> <laughs>
Innocence will never last. Wake me. Dead for each gas. Each gas. Okay, here we go. How do you say that? Breath? Breath? Okay. We thank you for the enter. That was really great to share that time with Aaron and to be able to interview her over Zoom during these times. <laughs> you gotta say something. You gotta say something. I don't want to live. You gotta say Thank you, Aaron, for your time. <laughs> There's nothing more I need to say. So then, what are we gonna say? We'll go on to the next. You know, they say that a picture paints a thousand words. So instead of four values in four minutes, we are gonna paint a picture with our words. What's been one of the core four. <laughs> What's been one of the... <laughs> you know what they say about clocks. Who needs them? Even a blind squirrel gets a nut twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard that. Even a broken clock. Oh, that's what I meant to say. You know what? Wait, let's try again. Patrick, you know what they say about clocks? New take. Fresh start. Gosh, I... I'm gonna roll with my thing. Hey Patrick, you know how 60 minutes has a clock? Time is a construct right now. So we have all the time in the world. All the time in the world. Real knee flapper there, bud. Uh, nope. No, 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 no. We say thank you a lot. For our closing prayer today, we will pray. We'll pray. Okay. We'll we pray. We'll pray. Okay. In the words of Winnie the Pooh, how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. Patrick, your thoughts? Winnie Pooh didn't do it. <laughs> what? <laughs> trying to say how much I'm gonna miss you. Well, I'm trying to convict Piglet. <laughs> A vehicular what? manslaughter against Tigger because you know his foot was on the gas and he had the Colt what? 45 and two no, he didn't. Oh and my he God. was driving like an animal down oh 4th Street and Mullane. What? You're telling me that Piglet is sober? Sober? Piglet, if you're listening to this, get off the fing meds. All I was trying to say is I'm gonna Shut miss you. your Piglet! You know, life in JVC never really ends, right? Well, you know, you're I mean, always in it. That's a, that's next I, episode. You, you know.